My brothers and sisters in the Lord, I was listening to someone speak on this wonderful solemnity of Pentecost, and the comment that the individual made was this. Just as we have crucifixes outside of our church, inside of our churches, to remember the death of the Lord Jesus and certainly the power of the resurrection, he also commented that all churches should have a lightning rod. As a symbol, my brothers and sisters, of the power of God, the movement of the Spirit in our life. Because you see, my friends, the Feast of Pentecost, in a way, is like being struck by lightning. It's about opening our hearts to the movement of the Spirit and allowing the power of God to transform us to mold us, to melt us, and to use us as instruments of His grace. We see it, my friends, in our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles. On the day of Pentecost, it was like the Apostles were struck by lightning, or maybe like a small tornado, whatever image works best for you. But remember, my brothers and sisters, at the ascension, Jesus told them, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the coming of the Spirit. And they went back to the upper room and they prayed, all 12 of them, less Judas, plus Matthias, along with the mother of Jesus and the other women that were gathered there. And as they were there on the Feast of Pentecost, as we heard very quick, very assuredly, there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house. Then there appeared to them tongues as a fire, which parted and came to rest on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. What would happen, my brothers and sisters, if we were struck by lightning this day? What would happen if we opened our hearts to that same movement of the Spirit? A priest was recounting a story that happened to him. He went to a nursing home one day to do visits. And he went into this elderly woman's room. And she said to him, Father, I am not well. She was in a wheelchair. She said, would you pray with me? Would you pray over me? And so he did. And so he began his prayer and he placed his hands on her head and he prayed over her. And all of a sudden, she got up out of that wheelchair. And she kind of started walking slowly. And then she kind of started dancing around. And she was all happy. The spirit was moving in her life. There was one problem. Father was shocked. He ran back to his car. And he recounts saying to the Lord, God never let this happen again. Oftentimes, my friends, we put limits on God. We box God in of what God can do and what he can't do and how the spirit is going to move based upon our expectations. But if we get hit by lightning, figuratively, if we get hit by the movement of the spirit, 
then certainly nothing, my friends, is impossible for God in our life. On this wonderful solemnity of Pentecost, I just want to look at three characteristics of individuals, families, church families, characteristics of those who are open to the movement of the Spirit, who are open to being struck by lightning, for lack of a better analogy. And three things that we find, my friends, are these. Power, vision, and presence. Those are your three words for the day. Power, vision, and presence. What about power? What did Jesus say to the disciples when he ascended? We heard this in the gospel from last Sunday. He says to them right before he ascended, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The power of God working in our life. How often, my brothers and sisters, do we say, and I know I'm guilty of it, Lord, I can't do this. You're asking me to do something, and it's not me. It's not my gifts. I don't know, have time. Excuses, excuses, excuses. But if God asks, my friends, if God calls, he promises that his spirit will empower us to do the work that he asks us to do, to be the disciple he calls us to be. And that's why that power is so important. Look at the day of Pentecost. Peter preaches and 3,000 are converted. Look at the early church. The small band of individuals. In the course of a very short period of time, the Christian faith spreads throughout the Roman Empire. The power of the Spirit. Do we allow that power to be unleashed in our life? I always use this little example. When I was younger, I guess about maybe 10 or 11, I was baking with my grandmother. My grandmother loved to bake. So this particular day, we were baking bread. She loved homemade bread. And so she had all these ingredients out. And as we were mixing things together, she got distracted and had to go do something else. And she left me there to kind of finish. And I kind of thought, you know, she only put one pack of yeast. You know, and I thought if a little yeast is good, then more yeast is better. So in those packs of yeast, there was about 10 in this container. So I opened up all 10 and I poured it in. And then I mixed it all together and she said we had to wait for that bread to rise. Well, it rose. I remember she called down, she was upstairs, and she said, did you put it in the oven yet? And I said, I can't get it off the counter, much less get it in the oven. That's the power of the Spirit in our life. Sometimes we're like that lump of dough there on the counter. And we need a little yeast to get us to rise to the occasion of whatever God is calling us. That's power. The other thing we notice, my friends, is what I like to call vision. Vision. I want to read you something from the prophet Joel. 
The Lord said to Joel, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even your male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Do we dream dreams? Do we have visions? Certainly, my brothers and sisters, as a people of God, as a teleological people, we know we have an end. And our end is in God himself, the beatific vision. Where we all hope to be on the last day. And incorporated in that, my brothers and sisters, do we dream dreams? Do we have visions of how God is going to use us as instruments of his grace in the world? The book of Proverbs 29:18. without a vision, the people will perish. That's true in our own lives. That's true as a church family. If we have no vision of what it means to be church, we will perish. If we don't have a vision of what it truly means to be a Christian family, we will perish. If we don't have a vision of what it means to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus, we will perish. Because we get into that slump. You know, we kind of get up in the morning, and I don't really know what I'm doing today. And if I got to go to work, I don't want to go to work. If I got to go to school, I don't want to go to school. And if I'm retired, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. You all had those days. It's because we have no vision that God has a plan and purpose for each and every one of us that we're carrying out each and every day. And sometimes we're always looking for something great and grand. But maybe God needed you today to offer a kind word to someone else to lift their spirits. But we were so much in our own world thinking about why God, why, what am I supposed to do and all of this stuff that we don't see the vision. There's a story that's told about a tribal people who were living in a valley. And the valley was a very rich farmland and had a lot of animals, and the people were very happy. Whereas years went by, the, so the soil became depleted. The animals became scarce, and it became much more difficult to live in this valley. Well, the young men in the village wanted to see what was over the mountain range. Maybe there was another valley, a better land, and even though it was a dangerous expedition, they went over the mountain range that no one ever crossed before from their village. And when they did, they found a very lush piece of land that was filled with animals. And eventually, the entire village moved. Well, years and years went by. And once again, the same thing happened the land became diminished and depleted. And this time, the young man now, they wanted to do the same thing, to go over the other mountain range. However, the elders of the tribe told them, no, it would be too dangerous. We have to stay here. But guess what? It was those elders who were the first group of young men to originally go over the mountain range. 
But as they got older, they lost their vision. They became complacent. And oftentimes, my friends, that happens to us. The Spirit gives us power. He helps us to refocus our vision. And certainly, the Spirit reminds us of the presence of God. What does Jesus say? If I do not go, the advocate, the comforter, the counselor will not come. That God is always present to his people through the movement of the Spirit. Look in the Old Testament. I believe it's in the book of Leviticus. As the people are making their way with Moses to the promised land, they carry a fire with them. The fire is there to represent the presence of God on that journey. The same is true for us, my friends. Through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God is always present. And oftentimes we need to be reminded of that. Especially when the days get long and life gets hard. That we know God has never abandoned us or forsaken us or has left us orphaned. On this wonderful feast of Pentecost, my brothers and sisters, may we recognize that the Spirit gives us power, retunes and refocuses our vision, and reminds us of the abiding presence of God. Maybe we need to get struck by lightning today. Maybe we need to be moved by the Spirit so that we can be all that God has called us to be. May God grant us the grace to open our hearts this day to a new outpouring, a new movement of the Spirit in our lives.